Welcome to Broken Potholes. This is your host, Sam Stone. On the line with me, my co-host, Chuck Warren, in sunny, beautiful Florida today. I'm only a little bit jealous. <laughs> just just well, a little. You know, look, 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 this time of year, Florida and Arizona, you know, two peas in a pod. Just one has a little more humidity and a couple degrees warmer, but I am positive that our beloved Arizona is gorgeous weather today. Well, so, look, you know, um, as, as the single dog in the room, I got to point out that there are far more bikinis in Miami at this time of year. <laughs> Not at the pool I'm looking at right now, but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to today's show. Um, we have a very special guest today, which will be on with us in a few minutes, um, former congressman and current Fox News analyst and contributor Jason Chaffetz. And what we're going to talk about today is what is the future of the Republican Party? What is its ideology? Where is it our yellow brick road back to presidential victory? Um, the party's changing, as is the electorate is changing on it. Um, one thing Sam and I were talking before the show about is, for example, Republican Party has always been known as a party of tax cuts. But our base right now, those who are middle class or make less than $75,000, they're not really paying gobs of federal taxes. doesn't mean they don't pay taxes and doesn't mean, you know, FICA and all those things are onerous. But is that an argument that still works for conservatives? Uh, Because the people that was benefit, the supposed rich, are woke now. And I think they're purely woke to defend... You know, so they don't become a target. Right. Um, no, so we'll discuss that. We'll discuss that today. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear that, it, you know, the, the Democrats have become the party of the elite, of the ultra-rich, of the rich. They're the party of the billionaire. And those billionaires are running in fear from these woke Twitter mobs, as we saw this week with, with uh, Disney and, and Gina Carano, who did a fantastic job, was one of the few female action figures I remember who looked like she really knew how to fight and, and well, because she does, right? Right. Um, and did right. a great job as an actress, and then they canned her because you had a bunch of people on Twitter who got upset that she's a Republican. Probably, pro- and probably people on Twitter who don't watch the show. Yeah, I mean, That's I the funny thing about it, right? Um, I've never heard anybody who's an avid fan of the show that has gone against it, you know, and Disney stocks down a little bit today. It's not going to kill them, but it will be interesting to see if subscriptions um, decline for Disney Plus, which frankly had a really good offering, a really good thing. And it's really sad that they've uh, they have fallen to the woke Twitter trap, which, again, I think we have talked about in the past. Only six percent of Americans actively go on Twitter daily. So, um, yeah, and they're you know, the most they're, radicalized of Americans, and I'm on there, and I include myself in that. Yeah, but on both sides. Yeah, this is just a woke thing on both on both sides. But it's for some reason, corporations seem to feel they need to listen to the voice of Twitter. It's it's really one of the most amazing and boggling things I've seen. Yeah, it might be the least informed and intellectually engaged uh, activist audience in history. I mean, it, it is really. It is a 148-character limit intellect audience, and and that's Absolutely. what's driving politics. And they're just furious. The problem with Twitter is it allows you to type out X amount of characters and not think it through. 
Yep. Um, it's it's almost like uh, it's almost like road rage, except <laughs> it's mental rage. Yeah, and digital rage. The, the mental, yeah, digital mental rage, and it's really dictating a lot of what's going on in society. And what woke liberals are not understanding is by continuing the path they're doing, they're only causing the extremists to get more engaged and more upset. Um, I, I just, I mean, I was at McDonald's this morning here getting a little sausage with muffin, and the woman there said, oh, I was wearing a Buccaneers hat. And she says, oh, I love the Bucs. I'm so happy for them. And I said, great. She goes, and that Tom Brady's told everybody, they, she goes, and Tom Brady told his team that they're going to kneel, they can go play somewhere else. I mean, this woman didn't know me for me. Right. And I run in, and right. I run in this conversation all the time now, and I yep. don't think they get it. And I'm really wondering what is the tipping point whereby conservatives, which 74 million voted for Trump, but there's probably really 85 million because there's probably 11 million just got tired of Trump, frankly, right. when they just say, I'm done. I'm not going to shop at this place. Well, and I'm wondering what capital, what BC, what private equity start figuring this out and start creating a whole new experience for this large chunk of our population, if not a majority of our population. Yep. I'm very curious about that. And and that's actually a very good time to bring in our guest, Jason Chaffetz, uh, former congressman, Jason Chaffetz, and current Fox News contributor, and one of the really bright legislators uh, that I have met in, in my time working in politics. So welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Fantastic. Jason, this Jason and Sam is my co-author. Um, and I guess today what we want to talk to you about, because you have a good feel for these things, where do you see the direction of the Republican Party going? For example, Sam and I were talking earlier, you know, tax cuts used to be one of our main pillars. Um, but for a lot of the people in the middle class, they're not really paying a lot of federal income tax when you get down deductions and so forth. So is that a compelling argument anymore? Are any of the, um, the what, traditional arguments compelling still? Well, look, I think it's always a good thing to allow the American people to keep more of their money in their <laughs> own wallets rather than having it cycle through. So I think it's a pillar. I don't know if it's the, if it's the number one uh, argument. I, 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 I totally buy into what Margaret Thatcher said is which first you got to win the argument, then you can win the vote. What Republicans have not been good at doing is being united and just simplifying the argument to talk about the principles that American people, the American people care about. What, it, right? So I have a new book coming out. It's called They Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste The Truth About Disaster Liberalism. What, what Republicans do to their own demise is they chase these crises, and we've had some legitimate ones. Don't get me wrong. COVID is, is real, right, in terms of mm-hmm. its, uh, its crisis and how it affects people's lives. But re- Democrats create these crises all over the place, and Republicans seem to chase after it and say, hey, either me too or, you know, here's how we do that. Instead of driving home an agenda and articulating it in a in a cohesive way, Democrats everything's a crisis because when everything's a crisis, then they can bypass the normal legislative process and do whatever they want. And when government figures out that it has unlimited authority, guess what? There's an unlimited number of crises. Yeah, and so and so. Republicans need to step back a little bit and say, what's the principle? The prin- when I ran for Congress, it was 
fiscal discipline, limited government, accountability, and a strong national defense. Look at it through that lens, and guess what? We can tell you where the Democrats are wrong and where we're, we, we as Republicans are the adults in the room. But they don't do that. They chase the tail like on these silly things that really don't affect people's lives. Now, and, and kind of what worries me, Jason, the most about this last year with COVID is how willing people have been to go with the crisis uh, without consideration and thought. COVID is very real. It's worth taking precautions and considerations. But we have seen government doing exactly what you just said, expanding their powers enormously and in ways that certainly were never predicted by the Constitution or never expected to be allowed. And, and that's well, been and a, it, pretty stunning. Yeah, it's it, it became the theater of the absurd, you know. You know, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, New Mexico. I mean, we all have a lot of public lands, right? So what do they do? At first they say, oh, well, go out and visit your state parks and your national parks. And they say, whoa, 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 don't do that, don't do that. There was nothing in the science that said you had to lock down indoors in, in your groups. But, mm-hmm. you know, they thought that that would serve a political need. It, it, you know, in Los Angeles, the teachers union said, we're not going back to work until you do Medicare for all. <laughs> what does that have to do with COVID? That has absolutely nothing to do with the science and solving the problems at hand. So, um, I mean, the, the number of examples is just off the charts. I was just in a beach in South Carolina, and they, they said, you can't go to the beach with uh, shade or a chair or a cooler. Well, what's behind the science of that? I mean, I was there, I happen to be old enough with my wife and I have grandkids. What, so dehydration is good? Uh, excessive sun exposure is good? What, why? Like, why? It's because they wanted you to suffer, I think, in a presidential election. Yep. Because they would want change. So I, I, the book is chock full of those examples. Chuck, you know, we were talking earlier, and Jason, there's a, a very good piece uh, today in, in Foreign Affairs, and it, it had a, a bit of a quote from Edmund Burke, um, who called himself at once a preserver of venerated traditions and a reformer of failing institutions. A disposition uh, to preserve and an ability to improve taken together would be my standard of a statesman. It, is there room for the Republican Party to focus on simply doing good government? Yeah, but they've got to stand tall and stand tall on principle and not cower to somebody who's going to try to mock them or take them down. Because the American people will, will see through it. Now, with the national media, sometimes it's hard to break through with that. But those things start locally and then regionally and then they grow nationally um, and you know, it's not just about fighting Democrats and see who can come up with the quippiest thing on Twitter or something else. It, it goes above and beyond that. You know, it, it unfortunately, it kind of, kind of segues back to what you said about taxes. You know, Republicans used to stand for fiscal discipline, but mm-hmm. they totally right. lost that mantle. You can't be for the tax cut and then go ahead and raise spending by what ends up being trillions of dollars and think that the, the, the health of our, of our books for the nation are going to actually, you know, not be affected. So um, I, I wish they would do that. Just keep pointing out the absurd and talking about people and liberty and 
freedom and the principles that make this country great. We've got about 45 seconds before we go to break right here, but I I think that's a great point. I want to talk about a little bit more, uh, Chuck, also, um, as as we come back from commercial here, that the reason for the rise of Trump, at least in my eyes, was because other Republicans have not delivered. And that's something I think, Jason, you worked hard to actually do when you were in Congress. Broken Potholes, we'll be right back. It's the new year and time for a new you. You've thought about running for political office, but don't know where to start. Before you start any planning, you need to secure your name online with a yourname.vote web domain. This means your constituents will know they are learning about the real you when they surf the web. Secure your domain from GoDaddy.com today. The 2020 political field was intense, so don't get left behind in 2021. If you're running for political office, the first thing on your to-do list needs to be securing your name on the web with a yourname.vote web domain from GoDaddy.com. Get yours now. Welcome back to Broken Potholes with your hosts, Sam Stone and Chuck Warren. On the line with us today, Jason Chaffetz, former congressman. Jason, congressman, thank you for being with us today. Um, Jason has a new book coming out, Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste, which I hope you will all go out and pre-order today. It will be a fantastic book, and Jason is a wonderful and concise writer, which... uh, will keep you engaged throughout the whole book. Jason, let's talk a little bit about during the crisis, um, there seems to be in the media um, a philosophy that anybody that opposes Trump must be doing something right. And let's take COVID as an example. If Trump's handling COVID is bad, therefore, if you're doing something different, it must be great. And they always held up as an example Newsom and Cuomo. And by any logical and empirical evidence, they have both been an utter disaster. I mean, people have literally died under the watch because of their incompetence. But yet, we go out and give people like Cuomo an Emmy. And basically, we've awarded a man an Emmy for lying, for obfuscating, for being a bully, for being arrogant. It, it's, been, it's been mind-boggling to watch. What are your thoughts on this? No, I think you're exactly right, Chuck. I mean, he's an icon of the left, uh, you know, governor um, of a very important and large state. But Governor Cuomo, I mean, he's writing a book about his leadership during the pandemic and publishing it, going out, accepting an Emmy and other awards. Meanwhile, you know, we're in real time looking at one of the biggest scandals of COVID that there is. I mean, the metrics and the, the statistics about what happened and didn't happen in New York are absolutely devastating. I think the guy uh, should be thrown out of office. Uh, I think he should resign if he were to do the honorable thing. But this is one of the biggest scandals that we have seen, their manipulation of the numbers to hide them, according to his assistant, his own assistant, to hide the numbers from the federal uh, investigators, I mean, that's just sick stuff. And, you know, just when I think that Governor 
Governor Cuomo is like the worst governor there is. Then you got Governor Newsom out in California doing stupid stuff. And and to the point where, you know, he's he's going to be recalled. I think he's going to be up for that ballot. They have to get what 1.5 million valid signatures by March 15th. I think they're like almost there, if not there now. Yep. Um, But look at all the stupid stuff he did. I mean, and some of these other icons of the left, Bill de Blasio and the mayor of Chicago and the governor of of of, uh, of Michigan, all of them have just been in meltdown because they had Trump derangement syndrome. Whatever Trump did, they tried to do the opposite. And they tried to say, hey, we're going to stand up to him more than ever. And I think people started to figure out that that wasn't in their own self, you know, their own best interest. No, I, Jason, I lived a long time in upstate New York. I have a lot of friends up there. And when you tell them that, and that's just before. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, it was Lake Placid, New York in the 80s. So I got to tell you, pretty All great. Right. Well, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. But, um, you know, even before these, and, and now I guess we're going to have to revise the numbers upwards now that they're having to be, you know, forced to admit the truth. But even without those revisions, New York's death rate per million people from COVID was basically twice that of Florida. And if you tell someone from New York that, they think you're from the moon. Yeah. It, you know, what? if you look at the contrast between what Governor DeSantis in Florida did um, in prioritizing seniors in, in, a, in a state that has, you know, a larger population and that it has a budget that is far smaller than New York. Governor DeSantis did far more with a lot less and did so in a much more, in a much healthier way where their population wasn't nearly as devastated as what happened in New York. You can only have so many excuses in New York, but the, the, the naked reality is Governor Cuomo did not follow the CDC guidelines that Donald Trump and what and whatnot put out mm-hmm. and um they started putting these nursing homes. If you were sick with covid they purposely put you into the to the nursing home and in I fact mean, everyone it, else it, that's insane yeah and it cost thousands of lives you know we had a, an opportunity a couple of weeks ago to have a doctor on the show dr kelly victory and she was talking about that and realistically the virus, unless you're over 70 or you're in ill health and have a pre-existing condition, is very not very, really very dangerous to you. If you're in that group, it is incredibly dangerous. And she really highlighted the difference. And that's what DeSantis did, right, is he paid attention to those actual facts. Well, look at Disney. So Disneyland, my, our family likes going to Disneyland, Disney World. Disney is basically going to have to move to Florida. Disneyland is still closed. It costs thousands and thousands of jobs. We're actually going to head out to Disney World, um, and you can make a reservation. They have a, you know, they have a, a smaller population that they allow into the park, uh, but people have jobs. They're enjoying it. They're getting outdoors. They're having fun with their kids. And DeSantis has figured out how to do the right balance. Um, and meanwhile, California is just, you know, and continues to be in a meltdown. It's it very much California, New York, some of these states. I mean, if you've been living there this whole time, you've been essentially living in a dictatorship and locked in your home and locked out of most of your life for a year now. 
Yeah, Jason, and this is Chuck. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that the mental health and the other the other ramifications of this, uh, uh, I think people are fed up with it. I think they want to be healthy. They want to be safe. They want to do the right thing. But, you know, when they open these big box retailers and allow them to sell pizza and clothing and all those, and then they close the little mom and pops that are selling the exact same products, um, you know, no indoor dining, um, I mean, zero, it, it, that kind of thing. I think it gets to the point of the absurd and people get fed up. Yeah, I, I really saw a difference in the way they treated their their big donors versus everyone else, right, with that. I mean, those small yeah. businesses tend to be Republican. Yeah, you know, the independent person who's out there trying to sell, and the inconsistency, the hypocrisy, you know, Governor Newsom again going out and having that dining activity with no mask, in close proximity, <laughs> that is closed to everybody else. The mayor of Denver Tell everybody telling everybody, don't travel, don't go out for the holidays. Meanwhile, he gets on a plane and he flies off to, I think it was Texas, you know, things like that. It's people, I think, hopefully will come to their wits and understand that, they, again, they were using the Democrats. The threat was real, but you can't use these this, this crisis to go out and do things that you wouldn't ever able be able to do otherwise. And for them, it's all about power. Yeah, we got about 45 seconds left before the next break. Chuck, you had something you were you're trying to say there. Jason, you know, for example, you just gave some great examples, and there's been numerous Democrat mayors who have said one thing, dead another. How do we get this message out to the public? Uh, you know, Americans don't like hypocrisy. Um, I don't, and I'm not, I am not convinced that a majority of them understand what is really going on. I, I'm out of a impression that a majority of Americans don't understand when a Democrat mayor says do this. And that is a great uh, intro to our next segment here, folks. Broken Potholes will be right back. It's the new year and time for the new you. You've thought about running for political office, but don't know where to start. Before you start any planning, you need to secure your name online with a yourname.vote web domain. This means your constituents will know they are learning about the real you when they surf the web. Secure your domain from GoDaddy.com today. The political field is all about reputation, so don't let someone squash yours online. Secure your name and political future with a yourname.vote web address from GoDaddy.com. Your political career depends on it. Welcome back to Broken Potholes. Today, our guest is former congressman and Fox analyst and contributor Jason Chaffetz. He has a new book coming out, They Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste. You can pre-order it now. It's a fantastic read, talking about how COVID and other things have um, basically engaged and allowed um, people who want power to take advantage of the situation. And we were just talking about, before the break, about how today people don't really realize what is going on. For example, you have the Denver mayor say, stay home, don't travel during the holidays, but he went and traveled to see family. And that story was more common than not. 
with a lot of Democrat mayors. It's do what I say, not do what I do. Jason, how do we go and let people know that this is happening? So I think it is one of the great communication challenges for Republicans because the national media, even the regional and local media, they're not doing anybody any favors by putting these stories on the front page. They would if it was Trump or somebody else. But if it's their own home team, the Democrats, they they don't do that. I still believe in the power of the grassroots. We used to be able to lean um, really heavily on social media, and you can use that to a degree. But it's the good old-fashioned neighborhood-by-neighborhood, family-by-family, discussion-by-discussion. I think that does permeate and win the day. But it's not enough to just criticize and point out the hypocrisy of the left. I think it has to be coupled with uh, strong storytellers, if you will, and messengers uh, that can get out there and articulate a vision of what it should be like and how that affects the individual person. I see that happening in pockets. I, I'm excited about, you know, people like Madison Cawthorn and Lauren Boebert, Ron DeSantis, um, certainly uh, Christy Nome up in South Dakota. I think they have good, I think they're good lessons to learn from those about communication, sticking to your principles, fighting for liberty, and making sure that people know that you're trying to put them first as opposed to your political agenda or your political prowess ahead of individual liberty and and success. I think that's a, an important point, uh, talking to directly to people about what they care about in their life, because one of the things I think Republicans fail at a lot is we, we like to talk principle. We like to talk high-level ideology, which is really important as we started talking about at the start of the show, but it's hard to connect that with most people, isn't it? Well, and so I think you can start with the principle. You know, you can talk about um, limited government and what does that mean. It means giving you the information that you need, and you've got to be able to make your own decisions. Why should government dictate, you know, how you do this? And, and then you can, from there, you can segue right into school choice. So if they have a child who's struggling and their school won't open and, and they, they maybe have some special needs, why aren't Democrats embracing school choice? Do you have the opportunity to get the, the learning and the experience? And, the, and that's where you start to strike an emotional chord. And, um, and, and then you start to wedge and create a difference between Democrats that can't answer the basic question of why they oppose school choice. Now, if you're talking to senior citizens, it may be a different topic. But if you're talking to a family that has kids in school right now, Republicans all day, every day, a day ought to be talking about school choice. Mm-hmm. We have two minutes till the end of the show here, but I think that's a great point about school choice because you hear the parents out there right now, they were willing to put up with this for a few months, but it's been a year. These kids have been out of school a year. That is a massive, massive detriment to those children and their future. I mean, a kid who and falls a- behind typically takes two years of, of great teaching to try to catch up, and most don't, right? Yeah, I mean, look at New York, for instance. Um, it snowed heavily. I, I think it was in Washington, D.C. It snowed. They were doing virtual le- learning, and they had a snow day. They didn't even go to class <laughs> because it was snowing, but they're all doing virtual teaching. It's absurd. <laughs> and so Republicans have got to be able to go through that. It's not true in every school district, but I think that everybody's fed up with these unions that are trying to fight for things 
that have nothing to do with COVID and getting their kids back to school. And if they won't go back in there and teach the kids, then fire them, move along. But you could give parents a choice. If the public school's not going to open, then give me some money, some resources, so I can go to a private school. Yeah, absolutely. Up here, Jason, as we wrap up here, why don't you tell people a little bit more about your book, where they can buy it online, and where they can find you. So, yeah, Jason in the House. If you go to jasoninthehouse.com, you can find all these different things. But if you look up the book, They Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste, The Truth About Disaster Liberalism, you can order it online. I do an audio and the book. It comes out April 6th. But I'd be honored if you'd look at it. Jason Chaffetz, thank you so much. One of my favorite congressmen of the last decade or two here. Uh, This is Broken Potholes. We will be right back. The 2020 political field was intense, so don't get left behind in 2021. If you're running for political office, the first thing on your to-do list needs to be securing your name on the web with a yourname.vote domain from GoDaddy. Get yours now. Welcome back to Broken Potholes. I am your host, Sam Stone. On the line, my co-host, Chuck Warren. And I want to give special thanks to former congressman and current Fox News contributor, Jason Chaffetz. A phenomenal interview with him. Uh, Chuck, one of the things that's been coming out in the last few days is some of the things that went on inside the Lincoln Project, this group of you know, Republicans that was dedicated to going after Donald Trump. And it's and we're lauded as heroes and, and you know these great moral characters by the media, and as we're finding out, not only were they no such thing, these are some of the worst people on the planet. Well, look, they were always, you know, look, I, I I'm not going to say they didn't have a distaste for Donald Trump, but they were. It was always very clear they were in for the money. I think there was a report out yesterday that of the. $70 million raised, only about 35% actually went to ads. The rest went to the firms for work and production and so forth. And I'm sorry, they didn't spend $30 million on producing ads. No. Um, their, their whole objective was to continue to poke Donald Trump in the eye and to laugh about it on the Washington, D.C. cocktail circuit. But I think... I, I in line their pockets. Here. Yeah, line their pockets. And they all became very wealthy. I mean, you know, they, they all became very wealthy because the reality is a lot of them were doing corporate work, but they weren't really working on campaigns per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mike Murphy's the last one to work on a campaign. And, you know, he just basically did Jeb Bush and made a lot of money off Jeb Bush. Um, I, I think I think what they are, though, is they are a example of how today's New York and D.C. media protect people and think they're the good guys as long as they oppose who you oppose. So, therefore, you cannot tell me that these reporters did not know the makeup of what is going on with the Lincoln Project. Mm -hmm. But it's like we talk about Gavin Newsom and Governor Cuomo in New York. They knew that what they're doing was incompetent. They knew their decisions were costing lives, you know, but it was all about protecting. And, you know, when they came out the report this week about 
um, Governor Cuomo and not quite telling the true numbers on these nursing home deaths. Their, their report basically said their justification was, well, we didn't want Trump to make a political issue out of it. I mean, how do you how do you respond to that if you're a New York taxpayer? How do you respond to that if you lost a parent? And, you know, one of the favorite screams and one of the screeches that you heard from progressives throughout the whole presidential election, all these people died because of Donald Trump. Right. Well, are they holding Mar- you know, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, to that standard? And I can tell you right now, Governor Cuomo's dad, who was a great lion, for liberal Democrats, would have never lied like that to the public. No, he's he would rolling not. rolling over in his grave. He's rolling over in his grave. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this has been really embarrassing. And obviously, we're seeing the press immediately move to cover it up. I mean, but at the end of the day, DeSantis essentially followed the CDC Trump guidelines, and Florida came out far better than New York. Christy Noem ignored a lot of those guidelines. In fact, you know, said, listen, here's the best information available, doing, frankly, just what Jason Chaffetz said. Here's the best information available, and you make a decision. You, sir, you, ma'am, you make a decision as to how you want to protect yourself, protect your family. We're going to back you up, but we're not going to tell you what to do. Cuomo, these guys went way above and beyond in, in opposition to Trump without caring what the results were or the damage done. No, no, and I'm telling you, liberals held him up as the example of leadership. Uh, you know, when COVID first really came out um, like a tidal wave, I mean, even Fox was airing his press conferences. Right. Which is funny. I never hear liberals who criticize about Fox all the time talk about it. No, no. I mean, even my, even day. people who were fairly conservative at that time were saying, well, he really seems very presidential, Right. Right, right. Yeah, he ha- he ha- he has a manner about him. He's showing leadership. He's taking charge. Well, and he you know continually was backtracking on things. This is a man that told people to go about their business. You know, mm-hmm. he had CNN and his brother covering up for him. It's really an embarrassment. And I'm waiting for the book to come out about it, which I'm sure the author will not get time on 60 Minutes to discuss how the press covered up Governor Cuomo's complete screw up on this matter yeah. and you know and, and and what they don't understand and this is what frustrates there is an element of extremism in the republican party you and i both have talked about this mm-hmm. don't like it but the one thing i always felt certain about that i would never see conservatives and i'm not saying all these people who storm are conservative they're just angry but i would never see our side show up at something with guns and do what they did right i mean it, it, it's frustrating, it's embarrassing to me. Yes. But what they don't understand is the tactics they're doing with people like Governor Cuomo and Governor Newsom is only radicalizing these people more. And people, it's making them simply turn off the news. I cannot believe how many people I run into and say, I don't even watch the news anymore. So which brings us to another matter. We talk about these failed policies of Democrats. How are people going to know? We, we just we don't have this great community organization where we don't have great lot you know, rotary clubs or lions clubs. Where are people getting this information? Because New York and D.C. media is doing everything they can to spin it in their light that benefits their progressive ideas. Oh, absolutely. I made a comment on social media the other day about a Biden uh, basically rolling over for China, which it appears he is well in underway in, in that role. And. You know, one of my my good friends, longtime friends, you know, started attacking me and going, 
you know, Biden has no ties to China. There's no, no they don't have any hold over him, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, Hunter Biden's laptop was real. And this guy didn't even know it existed. And he's an engaged person, but he lives in New York. Well, they, the, but the press did the old Kansas City shuffle on that. They said, well, we, how do you know this isn't Russian collusion? How do you know the Russians didn't do this? How do you know the Russians didn't plant this? That's what they went with. And then when the evidence came to show that was not the case, they ignored They have, I mean, I have not seen Hunter Biden's partner. And again, I don't want to get into the Hunter Biden thing, but Hunter Biden's um, partner simply went and was on and said, this is what really happened. I have yeah. not seen him on MSNBC. I have not seen him on CNN. I have not seen him on CBS or ABC. And what they don't understand is by them doing this, by them counseling people like the female actress on Disney Plus Star Wars. Gina Carano, series, yep. By them doing that, they're only radicalizing people more, and they can't seem to understand that. Because what they're doing is with people who have a bunch of conspiracies on their mind, well, you're only proving their point. Yeah, absolutely. Take the election, uh, you know, and election fraud accusations, right? You and I know, because we've done ground ops across this country, that there is a lot of what I would call low-level voter fraud that goes on. It's minor. It doesn't really affect many elections. And I don't think it affected, for instance, the vote here in Arizona. I don't think it did any of this. But when you deny it exists at all, and there, meanwhile, you have people who are being arrested, you know, at least if they live in red states, being arrested and charged with with crimes for these low level voter fraud things. You know, I I grabbed a ballot out of my neighbor's mailbox. because well, I know. It, 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 well, they they look, they pretend like it doesn't exist. But mark your word, if Donald Trump had won this election, it would have been awful and would still be fraud on the front page of The New York Times Daily, how the Russians or some other nefarious group stole the election for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It would have received it would have received millions of words in the newspaper. Yeah. But we're not seeing that because it been them and so therefore it's not worth discussing it at all. Um, and again, like you and I said, I don't believe there were seven million votes worth of fraud. Um, no. No, it was nothing. It's frustrating like that. to see our side to keep ha- yeah, to see our side keep hammering on this issue. Um but nonetheless, it's just such a double standard now, and something has to change, or the tensions are only going to increase if that's even possible. Yeah, you you have a, a great website now, and I, and I kind of want to point people to it, uh, justthenews.vote. Is that correct? Today's news. Today's, today's news.vote. Today'snews.vote. Today'snews.vote. Folks, go there. Uh, because one of the things, Chuck, you and I have talked about many times over the years over the last few years specifically, is the need for a reliable news source that people can go to and get just the news. No opinion, no slanting, no we're going to cover this and not that. What is the darn news? I can't point to a single national outlet that I believe does that consistently except possibly the Wall Street Journal. Yes. Yes. It's It's been disappointing. It's a... As both you and I are consumers of news, it's disappointing, and I'm quite alarmed by the fact that a lot of people are just saying all reporters do is lie, and they just turn off the news, or they don't read the newspaper, Mm -hmm. and that's not good 
for the future of our country as well. An uninformed electorate's not good, but the problem is when you think everything is being written as a lie mm-hmm. and, you know, being portrayed in a manner to benefit one side, you know, it's a problem. And, you know, it's like, it's like you said, the New York Times article this week, talking about basically American corporations colluding to defeat Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And the reporter, as you said, basically said, Look, this this really happens. Yes, collusion, but it's okay because it's for the better good. Well, that's what every dictator in the world has said since the beginning of time. Right, right. That's exactly it. And when when you do these things in the way they're doing them, and you're you're essentially forcing not merely an ideology, but but actual thought processes on people. You can't think certain ways if you listen to the left. You're not allowed to have certain thoughts. And while there are plenty of people who have racist beliefs, there are plenty of people who have hateful beliefs, I personally believe, Chuck, the best thing you can do is drag those people out in the light of day, put the media spotlight on them, and let them make fools of themselves. I agree. I agree. Sam, with our limited time here, why don't you tell our our listeners today what's going on with Michelle Eugenti Rita about her outing, her her online harasser? Yeah. And... Tell us a little bit about it. Let's talk about that. Well, you know, I mean, we we had a very great example of this here in Arizona. We had uh, State Senator Michelle Ugenti-Rita, who is is really one of the bright voices in Arizona, Um, you know, both as a Republican, but simply as, as someone who likes good government. She's always done a really good job. And she has been getting for months uh, or, or more than a year now attacked in the most vile nasty, mis- truly misogynistic ways you can imagine by some guy calling himself Zona Josh or Josh Zona, I forget, on Twitter. And then she actually did a little digging and realized that those posts in, in not the ones attacking her, but other posts that that this Zona Josh had put up were the same as ones on Instagram for a guy who was the PR announcer for the San Francisco Giants spring training, uh, who did announced games at GCU and for one of the local schools. And when she outed him, it wasn't his Twitter or his account that was banned. Twitter banned her. I, I, Chuck, and dear listeners, and dear, dear listeners, you need to understand what he was calling her, any father... Any brother, any grandfather, any boyfriend, if someone had said that about their significant other or female family member or friend, would have gone and just punched the guy in the nose and yeah. probably worse. And, and put, was, put me on the jury. Vile. Put me on the he jury because I'm, I'm, right. I'm voting not guilty when that case comes in. I mean, he was that vile. Yep. And Twitter goes and suspends her account because she outed him. I mean, this is this is beyond insanity, and you know, conservatives, moderates, anybody who wants honesty has really got to find a different platform that they want to share. I mean, Twitter has just gone off the reservation here. Yeah, it's clear that Twitter is entirely beholden to the woke mob. I mean, that, there's just no question anymore, and unfortunately, it's where a lot of the media gets their news. I mean, what's on Twitter today is on your newscast tonight and in your paper tomorrow. Well, we got a lot of work to do, Chuck. 
We do indeed, and appreciate the day, and we again want to appreciate our, our guest today, Jason Chaffetz, former congressman, was the chairman of the Oversight Committee, um, Knox Fox News contributor, um, and now he has a new book coming out, Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste. Please hold book, buy it online, and thanks for joining us today. Tune back in next week, Broken Potholes. Turn my head